0: But I want to acknowledge and express the gratitude to the administration, to the college here for caring to make students aware of the inner city. And uh, we have for several years uh, been recipients of of students coming in to help with our church, help in the reach of the neighborhood, and not only our church, but other churches. And so I, I, I just want to say thank you. For doing that and i want to thank the students that come down there are there's a group of them that come down to our church and this year that are working and helping with our church helping in our outreach with the neighborhood and doing some tutoring um, it means a lot it means a lot to the kids that are being ministered to to the neighborhood it means a lot to our church it means a lot to me personally as a pastor and so thank you thank you very much and i this morning I, I'm here, to speak on the subject of uh, who is Christ, the theme that you have for several uh, chapels, and I want to address the issue and uh, from the standpoint of Christ as a missionary. Now, and um, it's something that that interests me. My grandfather was a missionary in Japan in 1913. My mother was born in Japan. My parents were went to Chile in 1945. And I was born and raised in Chile, South America, and then I, when I came here for my education and, and studied, I thought that I would be returning to some place in Latin America or perhaps Spain. But while as a student at the seminary, Trinity Seminary in Deerfield, Illinois, by chance, I I fell into a ministry, a Hispanic ministry in the inner city of Chicago, and uh, and for the last. Nineteen years, I said, I've been living, lived nine years in Chicago and ten years here in Los Angeles. So as I as I speak to you and as I address the issue about Christ as a missionary and the sense that we are all missionaries also, I I am also speaking to you as an inner city pastor who up front is telling you that I, I, w- I want to recruit people and continue to recruit more people to come to the inner city. I know that there are many voices and many people calling out there and saying come to x country come to x location and um uh, that is you know i join those voices to ask and say to you and say come to the inner city come to work and minister and be part of the what is the laborers that are needed in in the inner city and so um be be aware of that and the i i don't want to take anybody from going to the mission field somewhere else. I don't want to take away from people going to other countries. But while you are a student, and if you think of going to another country, you can prepare yourself. You can be, become a person better prepared for the mission field if you minister in a cross-cultural situation, whether it be our church or any other church. It just starts giving you the experience and it's giving you the... the uh the reactions the feelings that it is to start react being so i feel that you will be a better missionary in a foreign country if while you are here you minister and while you can and expose yourself to the possibilities of working in cross-cultural situations with people of other languages and in a sense the inner city another culture from what you have experienced and so i that's my my background that's where i'm coming from that's what i I would hope to accomplish in this this morning but I want to speak to you in and in view the life of Christ and who the Jesus Christ is in view him as a missionary uh, if we simply and use the simple definition that a missionary is one who is sent to accomplish a mission Jesus clearly identified himself as a missionary 39 times in the Gospel of John he said that he was sent by God sent by the Father to for uh, to, to to the earth um, he, he, he said that in, um, in John chapter 8 verse 42 he says if God were your father you would love me for I came from God and now am here I have not come on my own but he sent me in John five forty three I have come in my father's name in John chapter 6 he says I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. And then in John fourteen, he says that I I love the Father and I do exactly what the Father has commanded me to do. And so he these are just a sampling of the fact that Jesus was aware, had a consciousness, and I and said, I am one who is sent. I am one who is under orders. I am one who is in submission, in obedience to someone who has something for me to do, what the Father has commanded me to do. And so you say that that is something that is Jesus had that sense of feeling and that He was sent. But I want to remind you as I speak about this and we look at the goals that Jesus had as a missionary, the methods and all that He had, what I want to remind you is the fact that Jesus Himself in John twenty twenty one, said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so we have the the famous, Go ye into all the world and make disciples. So we are under orders. There is a sense where all of us should think of ourselves as missionaries. All of us should think of ourselves as being sent by the Father, sent by our Lord Jesus Christ. As the Father has sent me, so send uh, I you. So I am sending you. And so when we look at that, and, and realize that, that He it wants us to think of ourselves as missionaries, if He reviews Himself as that, He is the model, He is the example. And so, He says that I want to do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. What is it that the Father had commanded Him to do? What were His goals as a missionary? And in that, using His own words, and using verses that where He Himself identifies why He came, in Luke 19, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to seek and to save what was lost. That was His goal, is is to find, notice that word, and now we're talking about it, to seek and to save that was lost. In order to be able to save, He had to die and give His life as a ransom for many. But in that, it was the, the idea of pursuing, looking for, Who are the ones that are lost? And in that, when Jesus was doing that, He broke many of the traditions and and went against the traditions and the laws and interpretations that there were in those days. In those days it was said that a, a man could not touch a leper and Jesus touches one. It is not Jesus who becomes impure, but He makes that man clean and pure. But He was willing. The tradition said you can't touch and Jesus did touch the man, according to the uh, to the lawyers and to the interpreters in those days. It was a, the you couldn't sit with unbelievers, and to do that would be, it would be make one impure. Jesus did this. He went in and sat and ate with the people that were sinners. Jesus, and in those days, um, it was inconceivable that a respectable man should allow a prostitute to touch him. And Jesus led the repenting woman, let her pour out perfume and kiss his feet. And so in this, when he was seeking, he went into the areas. He sought the people who were outcast, people who were considered out. And he went and touched them, loved them. He went and sought because one of his purposes is that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came in also to give abundant life. In John 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He came now not only to give the quantity, eternal life, which is quantity, but he came to give quality, abundant life, life to the full. And as a minister also in the inner city, this is one of the things that that... Bainfield a sociologist he says that one of the things that characterizes the, the inner city is the wasted lives people that have capacity people that have abilities intelligence abilities and all and their lives are wasted and this is what something that that hits me because that's a way by uh, my mind a good way to define what's going on there that what you see in the inner city everything that goes on in the inner city goes all goes on elsewhere but in my mind the inner city is is intensified with less resources and what you see is wasted lives people students dropping out of school in our area 60 70 percent of the students drop out of the high school before the 12th grade and then if as we say if we let tell you about the students that never made it to the high school it's safe to say that in our in our area 80 percent of the kids probably will not graduate from high school this affects the quality of life let alone the spiritual, the ability to read and understand what Scripture says but affects quality of life, what kind of jobs they can get. And for any of them, it means that in order to make money, you go into drugs and selling drugs and find alternatives that are not good for them or for society. Jesus said He came to give abundant life. He wanted to affect the quality of life of the people here on, on earth. And to do that, He said that He came to reveal the... Uh, the truth of... There it says in John 18, You are a king, then said Pilate. And Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And what we have is that we need to be to reveal the truth. Everywhere there. But the truth is... And, and he says in John 1, that he came to reveal the fact that... Um, He came to reveal the Father and to show the Father. And so what He is coming here is to reveal, to tell the people, to show that God loves them. And so He came to seek and save the lost, to improve their quality of life. He came to show them that God loves them, that God is the truth, that He is the truth. He came to fulfill the law. In Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He came not only to be the example and, and fulfill it, but He came to bear the fact that we couldn't fulfill it. And He bore the curse of the law when He died on the cross. And then He Himself, He says in John 8, He says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He came to set us free. In first John 3, 8, it says, He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. Destroy uh, the work, the bondage that sin has set on people. He came as a prophet. And as a prophet, he came to save us from the ignorance of sin. Just the other day, I was with a, a young man. And he has accepted the Lord, and he is struggling in some areas in his life. And he came back, and and he fell into sin again in the in the area in the sexual area. And he came to me, and when he was talking, he said, "You know," he said, "Everybody tells me it's all right, except you. Even my own mother and grandmother say it's okay." And here you have the fact that uh, a young man and needing to know the truth. Needing to know that what that kind of behavior, that that behavior is sin. Everybody around me tells me it's okay. Even my own mother and grandmother. We come to save us from the ignorance of faith with the prophetic role that Jesus plays and the prophetic role that we need to play in, in theirs and to sell people. Because right now, in the past, people knew the Bible. People knew the commandments. People knew what was going on. They violated them and all, but they knew them. But we are raising increasingly in our society. Increasingly is the people, group of people, who are ignorant of what its sin is. Are ignorant of what the Word of God asks. Just assume that this is the way. I had another fellow that coming and, and saying to me and when talking again in the area of the sexual area and then saying, well, if I, if they don't do it, I will go crazy. And as absurd as that sounds, these individuals are sincere. The word is out in some in some areas in the people. The thinking that if I do not practice sexual, you know, and, and, and have intercourse, I, as a man, will will become crazy. And it's saying it's foolish, it's absurd, but it's there. And somebody has to come in. Somebody has to go play that role, as the role of Jesus as the prophet and save people from the ignorance of sin. Proclaim the word of God. The other is that Jesus came and was a, as a king in order to save us from the power of sin. Because sin not only can blind you, but it grips you and takes you. And this is one of the areas where I see so much, where the, the curse of drugs and alcohol, and what it has done, and what it is doing into the inner city, and what it's doing all across society, because now it's all levels, in all areas of society we have that. But it's accentuated. It's, it's, it's worse. the percentages, if you will, in the inner city. To see the effect of alcohol and sin in the grip that it has, and in just in that in this past week, a fellow that we've been working with and and came to know the Lord and has has been in the edges and the fringes, but has been three years without going to drugs and alcohol, and just to find out recently that he's back back to alcohol and cocaine, and just the the anger that goes on inside because he had straightened out his life enough to be accepted at a college. And university here and was going through and now to know that it's back after all these years that that it's a terrible grip it's a terrible power that is there and somebody we need to come in and work with these people and and proclaim the power of Christ Christ is King and he has the power he is able to destroy the works of the devil he can conquer that bondage and then Christ came in part of his being to set people free, he said he came the role as a priest to save them from their guilt. And surprisingly, as we talk, as you see with people, some of them that you think are, are hardened, and there are those that are hardened, that don't care. But it's surprising to me as a pastor when people start sharing, how many of these people who seem to have the, 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 the bravado, the, who seem to that, feel guilty, feel guilty. And I have had guys almost in tears, guys in the street wouldn't act that way, wouldn't do that. Almost in tears talking about the sense of guilt that they feel inside in in there. And they need to know, they need to know that there is forgiveness of sin. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And so these are the the kinds of of things that, that Jesus, the goals that Jesus had that was set before him. It was that He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to reveal the Father. He came to give abundant life. He came to fulfill the law. And He came to set people free from, from sin. What were His methods? What did He do? How did He carry go about doing this? And then in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, it says, speaking about Jesus, Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus became a man, living among men. And this is what he left. He left where he was he left the glory the comfort whatever the the beauty the majesty of heaven and he identified himself as one he took on our own body this is one of the key ways that jesus uh fulfilled his purpose was by identifying himself with those that he sought to and, and to save uh, to save he he identified and what now i want to do and one of the things that i feel that is so necessary and so important is that we, as a body, we begin to identify with the people that we seek to minister. This means, and as one who is is approaching this from the angle of the inner city, this means that we need we need people to move into the city. We need people to identify with the people there to be salt and light. This is what what Jesus exemplified: that you 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 identify as much as you can with those that need that you are seeking to minister and reach. We need people to come in. We need people to do different VBSs and all. Those are good. We need preachers to come in and have campaigns. That's okay. That's all right. But we need also people to come in and identify with the people and live in their community. I think what has happened is that we have had white flights. We have had churches flee. We have had middle-class blacks flee from the inner city. We have people that make it, middle-class Hispanics, they flee. And what's happening in the inner city is that there are no role models. There are few role models, rather. There are not enough. And what we need is for individuals that are willing to come in and live there and be with them and get to know, and especially for the kids and for the teenagers, be the kind of role models so many of them the disintegration of the family and the percentages are are incredible of the numbers of kids that aren't being raised with fathers in their homes. we need we need guys we need even ladies here to come in and live in the inner city use that principle the principle that Jesus of identification and not fleeing but identifying with it's not for everybody it's not for all we need it in other areas, but somebody surely, and more than what is there, I'm sure, is needs to come in. I think that uh, my feeling sometimes when I think because Lord, the way you dispatch the troops, it doesn't seem like there's enough over here. There's so many over here and all. I wonder sometimes if it is, is if he hasn't that he's calling some people and they are not responding to come. But the principle that Jesus, uh, that if, from Philippians chapter two, two and those verses is that he willingly gave up the rights and privileges which belonged to him he humbled himself he identified himself entirely with those he wanted to serve this is what we need we need and one of the things that i i i felt and some of you have heard me say and as i i say that what what goes on in the inner city goes on elsewhere but it's just intensified but one of the things that as one who has lived there and all that i see that is that what we need is individual attention. What, that, what most of the people, many of the people that convert, what they need is, even if they convert, they need someone to give them individual attention long term. That, that the emotional baggage, the kinds of problems and the baggage that are brought in, and, and in the mystery of how God works in salvation, some people those things are cleared instantly. I have seen individuals come to know the Lord, and the drugs and alcohol are gone instantly. But the percentages that that happens is not that as great as one would wish, one would wish and would like. The reality is that people struggle; that those backgrounds and all affect the present in their relationship with the Lord. And people need attention, individual attention. In Chicago, when we were there, in a, a the fa- there was a family that the mother was was mentally ill. The father, there's a picture of him in the Chicago Sun-Times, front page picture of him. This was back in the early 80s, holding one of his children on the roof of a building, threatening to drop the child. And that's one of the the pictures. And this kind of a a dysfunctional family, out of that have emerged two gals that are college graduates, married to Christians and working and and being teachers. And you say... And, and what I when I say this and realize is that in all these years that I've been in the inner city, I can probably count in both of these hands the number of people that I know who have been born and raised in the inner city and have not gotten into trouble in their teenage years. That kids that we sent to camp, kids that we work with, kids that we have a wana with, and the kids that over there, and kids that we do all these different things, and yet when they get into the teenage years, the incredible struggle, the incredible struggle, to keep on the right course that there is and I don't know I again I'm not living elsewhere I hear that these things are going on but it just seems that the percentages are just amazing to me and so well, I can count and why did these two gals why are they able and coming through it's because an elderly couple in the English congregation at Salem Evangelical Free Church in Chicago took these gals on picked them up worked with them brought them over to their homes brought them in for holidays and have become like surrogate parents and that i believe that kind of individual attention has been one of the reasons now we are seeing more and we're seeing that happen here but it's people who have gotten the somebody took care of them somebody came in and representing the church representing the name of christ and gave that attention long term and that has what produced the success i ask you i want here is that we need people who are willing to come in and, and give the kids that personal attention. I see some of you students here at Master's that are doing that. And then, and across the street, there's a, some kids, and there's a, a couple from Master's that's coming in. And I'm amazed sometimes, because it's different days of the week. It's not just the routine that they do it. I've seen them Sunday afternoon, Saturday morning, in different times, coming in. And that family still hasn't responded. Those kids still don't come to church. But they hang in there, and they're still doing it. That... Of thing, I just tell you, the Lord knows is what we need. I there that kind of individual attention work with the person. Jesus identified, Jesus ministered with the people and gave the example. He was a master teacher because he not only said what he wanted, what he wanted but he exemplified. He asked people to pray, and the disciples saw him pray in the morning, saw him pray at night, and go off for the vigils of prayer. He asked that people, that these servants, and He washed His disciples' feet. He told them that they should forgive their enemies, and Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus walked the talk and talked the walk, as they say. He did it. And this is what we need that uh, here. That identifying, coming near to the people, willing to give of ourselves, and model what we want and what we are asking. His attitude... Jesus' attitude is, is exemplified in Mark chapter 10, in verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus viewed Himself as a missionary. He viewed and He knew the goals that were set before Him. And the method was identification. And, and model what He was asking. And then the attitude was the attitude of a servant. The attitude of one who's coming in, not to be served, but to serve. And see, this is where, or for most of the people in our church and in the areas, many of the people there, but the attitude of the rest of society is to hire them to be served. Hire them to give them cheap labor. Do for us what we do. Do for us what the dirty work that we don't want you to do. And many of the people, that's the level of the work that they're doing. It's the low level. I, it's amazing to me to see how many people. The other day, just talking to somebody that was telling me that a lady has worked 20 years in the company and is making, I think it was, she said, six bucks an hour. I mean, talk about, you know, some of these things and taking advantage. Some people to come in and say, in the attitude of a servant, not coming here to be served, but to serve. And then, his. What was Christ as a missionary? His method was identification. His attitude was humility as a servant. And what was the spirit behind it? It was that in Matthew 26. He's saying, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. The spirit, the missionary spirit of Christ was not my will, but your will. And this is what, what we need to practice, what we all struggle what we the, the continuous is is our own egos versus what what god wants us to do and he the foundation is not as i will but as as you will and then what was jesus's commitment as a missionary he, and he said it says in philippians chapter 2 in verse 8 that being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross he became obedient to to death. The commitment was to the end. The commitment was till I die, in a sense. There. This is what it was. I'm willing to die for this cause. He was willing to suffer. He was willing to be humiliated in obedience to God. And in that, he was willing to die. What was his, his mission field? What was it was considered? In John chapter 10, He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. And in John twelve thirty two, He says, But when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to Myself. What Jesus was telling these people, as He worked within the Jewish community, and He broke away and did something with the Mary, but He basically was saying to them, that, you know, I'm reaching here. I'm coming here proclaiming. But there are other people. I must bring them in also. I must include the Gentiles into this. Oh, I will draw all men to myself. That there isn't this exclusiveness in in what I am saying and what I am doing, in the, in the love of God, in the salvation that is needed. All men need that. And what I want to do here and, and say to you as we come in here to a close is to say to you that in in the inner city and in the cities right now in less, in the Southern California, we are living probably in the most mixed the society that there is in the, in the history of the world and probably in the whole world right now. The fact of all the languages, all the people that are coming into this uh, this area from all over the world. And in the, the school, my wife is a nurse in the school system and, and here's, there are different dialects of Chinese. There are different... Uh, uh, the means and all. All the, the difficulties, the complications that come from that. In trying to talk to a child in an elementary school that doesn't really know English and you're trying to say, well, you know, what do you have, what sickness and all? Trying to find a parent. We live in a society where the, the, the mixture now is incredible. But the the sad thing is that that, these, the mood of the area, of the era that we're in, not only in the United States, but we see it in Europe and we all, is division. Is, is, is each, each group, Each race, each ethnic group is trying to say, I want my rights. And there's division, there's anger. And I want to say to you that we... Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus said that this is a gospel for all people. And I want to challenge you this morning and challenge there to begin to say to yourself... Society is telling me that I just defend myself, my race, my color, and that's it. And just take care of myself. And I want to say to you, as we showed in Jesus, that he went against the current. He went against the laws and the traditions. And I want to say to you that that our society, not just for the sake of the gospel, but our society to be held together needs people who are peacemakers, people who will reach out to people of other color, other races, and build friendships, build bridges into that community and with those people. And so I want to say to you at this this morning, I want to challenge you to be to be looking at the at the the groups that come here to the United States and all these these multiple racial ethnic groups to be view them as people who are sent by God. It says in in Acts 17:24 that all these people are sent by God. He determines the exact places that they should live so that they perhaps should find him even though he is near to them. God determines the exact places where people should live in order to maximize the chances that they should find him. God is bringing people from all over the world, from rural people, mountain people, educated people, white and black and all colors. He's bringing them here to maximize the chances that they should find Him. That means that what society views as a problem, that means that what society views as the fact, I wish these people would leave and get out of here. I wish they would go back to their countries. What society views as a problem, we have to view it as a spiritual opportunity. When Jesus came down here, He was in obedience to the Father. He was in those goals. And the goals that He had, the, the spirit there is to include all men, And I will draw all people to myself. And we need people that will step and break and go against the the traditions, go against the values, and be able to say, I will reach out and love my brother, love my sister. I will reach out and love the black, the brown, the Hispanic, the Chinese, the Asian, and the Korean and all. And build bridges. We desperately need that. We desperately need that. What's happening in Europe, in the racial divisions that there are in Bosnia, Yugoslavia. Dan Rather said on TV the other day, he said that, that we, we see on TV is only one or two of these things going on. There are eight other in, in the republics going on. This kind of fighting and tension. Racial tension. Look what's happening in Germany. Look what's happening in our society. We need to address that. We need the Spirit of Christ. The one who gave Himself for all, I will draw all men to myself. In our society, the gospel needs people like us to do that. And so what I, I'm saying here is that Jesus remind you here that Jesus said, As the Father sent me, so send I you. So we are, are also missionaries. We are sent on a mission by He who is our Lord. And He is sending us to do the works. In John 14:12, He says, I tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have will uh, have been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And the question then becomes, are you doing what Jesus was doing? Are you living out the goals that He had? We carry them out in a secondary way. He did them to the max perfectly we struggle and do it but that's those goals that Jesus had are should be our goals whatever you're doing whatever profession whether you're a doctor a lawyer a dentist a businessman whether you're a secretary whatever these you're under orders of one who is sending you and saying what I have done you do go out and seek and find the lost go out and reveal the truth about God who he is in his love Go out and give quality of life, abundant life to people. Go out and set them free from their sin. Let's do it in His name.